Welcome to Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. The sweat was dripping from my eyeballs. The salt make you fuck. Paint me like one of your French girls. Good morning, wherever and whenever you happen to be listening. This is Chain Wrestling with Mags and Cy. I am the, shall we say, slightly warm-faced and tiddly Cy, because I've been with my sisters this afternoon and the run was a-flowing. Um, and with me, as always, he is the jet-flying son of a gun to my sat-on-the-sofa-never-goes-for-a-run. He is the middle-aged and crazy to my middle-aged and lazy he is a podcaster who last week said it's good to be king and then laughed and laughed and laughed at me because he kept winning the poll. Ha! How's that <laughs> feeling now, Magsy? It is Mr. Mags himself. How are we doing, my friend? I'm not at all happy, sir. Uh, um, no, I'm not. And it's all your, it's a, a lot of it's your fault. Oh, uh, two major issues that I've got with you this week. And uh, uh, I'm going to bring them up. So the whole world can hear, firstly, um, beating me in a poll. I'm not happy about that one little <laughs> bit. Uh, I think that you butted up the electorate a bit too much um, with your Donald Trump-esque tactics. I um, don't know what you mean. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm, I'm not pleased with uh, the, the way you, uh, you finagled this win. Uh, and then second, you've abused your power uh, of winning the poll to, to make us record a day earlier. So I not only did I have to put up with losing the poll today, I then also have to come and record, pretend everything's jo- joyous and, and happy. Well, no, I'm not fucking having it. I'm pissed off that I'm having to record knowing that I've lost the poll. I didn't have any time to, <laughs> to process it, after any time to put on uh, uh, a facade. So no, I'm angry. So this is probably going to be a, a horrible recording. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> I think you've just been spoilt, mate. I think that's what it comes down to. Because you've won so many recently. I think you've just been spoilt. And you just get used to the, the idea of, okay, we're watching what I want. But no, no, Wrestling Twitter decided otherwise this week, mate. And, I'm, and I love them for it. My, my um, plan of, of kind of like uh, telling them to... to to pick your uh, your choice uh, and and saying how you slated the the RWC, it backfired. Uh, yeah, man, that, that, that was, was a bad move. 
that was dirty tactics. That was, that was really underhanded saying that uh, I'd slag off the, 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 the internet wrestling community and the listeners and the voters and all that before. We, that's terrible. That's absolutely shocking. I, I was amazed. I sat here open mouthed, aghast at the, the low levels you're to stoop to, my friend. Well, like you said, when you, when you get that taste of victory, you do anything for that next half. Uh, and, if, and that <laughs> that even meaning to stoop to them laws, and I would do it again. You're talking like some kind of pole junkie. <laughs> <laughs> you got some yeah. sort of dependency issue going on, or something. <laughs> that, that may be actually the case. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, a little bit of context for everybody listening, because it does kind of, I suppose, play into um, the timeline of of the show for the week. Um, Normally, Mags and I, as as people who listen to the show may be aware, we record on a Monday evening. Um, that gives us time to get the result for the poll in, sort of Saturday, Sunday morning time. Um, watch the match, make a few notes, look, you know, basically figure out what we're going to discuss separately, you know, and, and then um, then put out the non wrestling topic. Sort of late Sunday, it tends to go out, and then we get plenty of responses in, and then we record Monday night uh, because of my new job. Um, I've just finished training, so this week I'm starting my proper hours, I guess. I'm finishing a lot later, Monday through Friday, which means that recording our our normal time on a Monday is going to be quite tricky, I think, unless we record very, very late, which isn't necessarily fair on other people in the house or or yourself, Mags, or whatever. We'll have to figure something out. But, uh, yeah, that's why we're recording on a Sunday night as opposed to a Monday night. and that's why the timeline, I guess, that we've kind of got used to with regards to our non-wrestling topic tweet going out and people having plenty of time to respond and so on um, hasn't been the same way. It went out much earlier with less time for people to reply to and, and so on. So it's just something I want people to bear in mind going forward mm-hmm. until me and Mag's kind of find a rhythm into what we're doing to work around my, my job. I mean, I hate it when real life gets in the way, Magsy. At the end of the day, though, real life comes first. Uh uh, as, as much as we all would love it to be the case but uh, podcasting doesn't put food on the table it doesn't put uh, clothes on your kids back so the fact is that uh, whatever hours you've got at work that has to come first and uh, make no bones about it we will work out a schedule and we'll still be bringing you this show week after week uh, it's just that uh, until we get uh, um, into another routine like we were on with the, the Monday evening recordings uh, it might be a little bit up in the air uh, for the next couple of episodes in, in terms of the topic, uh, but we'll soon get back into uh, a pattern and we'll soon be able to, to get to the point where, where you're getting a couple of days to, to bring your stories to the table because your stories are, are an essential part of the show now. They've uh, quickly become one of the the, the, the most well-received parts of, 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 of the show, one of the, the funniest segments, so uh, it's important that we, uh, we get you, you guys still involved. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So that's just something to... But basically, it comes down to what, what we always say, I guess. Uh, it's your show, but bear with us whilst we're sort of adjusting to find our new sort of time, time schedule, timeline, and just keep an eye out on the social medias and make sure you're, you're sort of... I don't know, there's like a, a notification button if something gets sent out on Twitter, maybe for the next week or two, tag that, I guess, just so you don't miss anything if you're that way inclined. Uh, mm-hmm. Max, you say that, that podcasting doesn't put food on the table does visionaries global media not pay you then <laughs> they pay me in canned ah okay okay i, I, I better not explore that any further because people get jealous <laughs> <Service is> rendered. 
Uh, how's your week been there, my friend? What have you been up to? Uh, yeah, not too bad. Uh, same old, same old in terms of uh, uh, personal life. We're out of lockdown now, so Burnley's uh, absolutely uh, manic. Uh, all the all the pubs have reopened. People are spending an absolute fortune getting out and getting levered. Um, COVID cases have, have, have sparked again. Uh, shock, shock, horror. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's all good in the hood, as they were, as the young kids would say. Yeah. Yeah, same here, really, mate. Same here. Like I said, I popped over to see my sister and her kids today. Um, my two nieces are type 1 diabetic, uh, and this is uh, their beaters day, they call it, which is like a celebration, I suppose, a little party for them. Um, it's the anniversary of when they were diagnosed, well, the youngest was diagnosed. Um, it's her first full year. So every year, my sister tries to do something nice for them on the anniversary of, of the diagnosis, which I think is quite a nice, nice little twist on something they've got to live with. So we popped over to see them for a bit, which was nice. Um, yeah, it's, it's been quite a good day, mate, barring the weather. The weather down here is absolutely atrocious, but you can't have everything, can you? No, well, this is it. Uh, the weather's been horrific up here as well. Loads and loads of rain. Um, yeah, but like I said, you can't have everything. No, exactly, exactly. Um, shall we jump to Twitter, mate, and have a little look at what we've had this week? Let's let's do so. Okie doke. Um, earlier on, literally earlier on today, we requested people's stories, and I think it's a topic that is is going to have more legs to it that we'll potentially revisit, I think, because I didn't give people much time to respond. That's on me, and I apologise. But um, we were looking for... Stories about dating, first dates, um, bad partners, bad experiences, anything like that at all, really, that could potentially give us all a giggle. And uh, we were inundated, Max, with two responses. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, like, like we said at the top of the show, uh, it, this is um, this is us kind of like changing the. The, the recording time so apologies for, for not giving you the ample notice and, and time to, to get those stories in yeah and I mean you think about it now it's uh, as, as we're recording it's now 8 o'clock on Sunday night mm-hmm. 8 o'clock Sunday roughly is the time I normally put the tweet out and then I just collect all the stories overnight and we record Monday so we're way ahead of uh, our normal schedule I guess um, but yeah we'll, we'll have a quick look at these, these two here I've got a couple of disasters myself that i can sort of bring to the table that i hopefully people can have a giggle at my my expense <laughs> potentially um our first one here we have at total stevo on twitter um, what an awesome chap is yeah really supportive of this show he really supported my other show and i see him supporting everyone else's just a just a lovely fella um yeah. he, i recorded with david eaton for my other show yesterday should be coming out this week the next sort of installment of us looking at 2000 wwf pay-per-views mm-hmm. well pay-per-views from the year 2000 we're not watching 2000 pay-per-views sod that jesus christ that's a <laughs> that's a mammoth podcast <laughs> and he's he's interacting loads and it's great and it makes it it makes it worthwhile doing what we're doing so i really want to thank steve-o for that on my other show and this show and everything else he does um I have got a few questions, though. <laughs> he says he has thousands of these dating stories from his six months of using Plenty of Fish and Tinder. Um, he yeah. says the one that stands out, he met up with a lady who, had, he says, evidently had used an old photo. Um, 
so he wasn't overly impressed within two minutes of meeting she says point blank she doesn't fancy him um so they just went their separate ways after they literally that two minutes and he basically went on another date straight away which is quite cool if you've got a backup plan i guess and it's it's good i suppose in the way that it wasn't just him going i don't really fancy her she didn't fancy him either perhaps that's just yeah you know that that's a sign that maybe these dating sites don't always work i guess max yeah, I mean, they're not certainly something that that I've tried in in my lifetime. But yeah, to I mean, he said that he was on Tinder and and plenty of fish for six months, so that's like a hundred eighty days, and he's got thousands of stories. That means he he must have been averaging at least five and a half dates a day. Um, so it'd be interesting to to get more of his uh more of his stories because surely out of those uh he's not just had one bad experience uh with someone who he uh he 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 described as looking like viscera well yeah <laughs> oh, five and a half dates a day you know well we have to round it up i guess well, well even though we'll just round it down to make it you know five five dates a day can you imagine the chafing man can you imagine i saw it this week <laughs> I mean, even if half of those got to got to fourth base, uh, it'd be a costume of a man. It'd be just emptied out, wouldn't it? Yeah. What's, <laughs> what, what's fourth base? Well, I don't get this, like, because I know, like, you know, I'm 40 years of age now. I, I hear this on films and pro all that. What are the bases then? What is first base, second base? What, what is? I mean, like? you're you're asking the wrong person. I mean, I can make a. Uh, an educated guess, I would assume. Um, first base is a bit of kissing and cuddling. Second base, probably a bit of titty action. <laughs> um, third base, maybe fingers and thumbs. And then fourth base, home run, I would assume. Yeah, okay. That's what that does make sense. I'm not going to lie. That was, <laughs> I mean, that was quite, I that was quite totally wrong. 30 seconds, but... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so how do these work then? Plenty of fish, Tinder, and all that sort of stuff. What was it like? I know it's like an app, isn't it? I, I did you not just hear me say not a minute ago? I have no experience with with these online dating sites. I have not got a clue. I assume you sign up under a pseudonym, uh, post your best photo ever, and and hope that you you can pull some totty. I would I would have guessed. Okay. Well, I know. I know you said you never used it. I was just sort of picking your brains. Do you know what I mean? Seeing if you you had an idea because I don't. I mean, there's one that you swipe left or swipe right on, isn't there? Um, I've not. I've heard the about swiping, but I don't know if that's on Plenty of Fish or Tinder or whatever. I have no idea. I reckon we should just for a giggle. We should sign up on one and see what happens. Go for it. Do you knock yourself out? Uh, I'll tell. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell uh, Mrs. Powell. I'll I'll give her the heads up. Yeah. And you, you say, yeah, I'm, I'm working. I'm working to the, uh, late today, love. Uh, and then she'll she'll catch you in the middle of Gloucester on a sneaky second date. Sneaky second date. Yeah. Hopefully, not getting to third base. It'll just say, I'll just research. Just research for the show. I'm committed. <laughs> <to that>. yeah. <laughs> just for just for full context, Mrs. Powell. I am not involved in this. Uh, no extra dates are needed for researching this show. Just putting that out there. <laughs> Even though Simon does edit it, and this part probably will disappear. <laughs> oh, mate. I'm slicing all this up to basically make it sound like you're going on the dates. <laughs> 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 oh, no, I could never do that anyway. I love my wife far too much, and she is far too scary. Um, 
our second and potentially most well the funniest I, I, out of the two I think to be honest um, our good friend Paul Tolly at Rain Counter on Twitter this is brilliant um <laughs> He says he was getting on well with a girl at a party at university, um, having a laugh, etc. But he says he found her too funny. And when he laughs too much, he sometimes farts. <laughs> Thus, he quite literally blew it, he says here. This earned him the chant, he farts when he laughs, he farts when he laughs. Uh, poor Tolly, he farts when he laughs. That is brilliant. Absolutely fantastic. To be fair, he probably farts when he laughs because of his uh, salt intake from eating stock cubes. Does salt make you fart? I mean, it can't help. I suppose. <laughs> stock cubes ain't great for your gut, I'd imagine. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. Gassy. Yeah. <laughs> but this is at uni, so do you reckon he's been eating stock cubes that long? Yeah. And uh, if I remember rightly, he, he ate a lot of pot noodle sandwiches as well, so... Pot noodle, sa- I don't know, a pot noodle sandwich in ages. Exactly. Oh, got, I want one now. <laughs> I've actually got a pot, a curry pot noodle in the cupboard as well. What's your, is that your go-to, is it, the curry one? No, I like the Bombay bad boy, the black one. Yeah, because the curry one, it used to have a kick to it, didn't it? But it don't anymore. No, but once you've had a Bombay bad boy with all the, the, the sachet of sauce, none of this half-measure bullshit, uh, get it all whacked in. Uh, nothing touches it. That that sauce though, that is that is hot, isn't it? That sauce that goes in. Nah, it's no, it's not. No, no. You probably just have better tolerance for it than I do, I suppose, mate. Because I don't, I, I don't mind spicy stuff, but I don't like it. You know, I, I can eat hot stuff, but at the same time, you want like to enjoy that, it. I want to taste it. You know, and yeah. so I've had. I've had like a I've gone for a curry with a mate, and he's ordered like something crazy hot, and I tried some of that, and I'm like, how can you eat a whole plate of that? That's not because you don't taste of anything; it just tastes, you know, it's just hot, you know. Yeah, um, I'm I'm kind of like you, you, you mate. Um, if if I see on a menu something that is almost sounds like a challenge to eat, <laughs> then I'll, I'll have a do on it. Uh, we, me and the missus once went to a, a restaurant in in, in town. And they had a, a, a challenge to eat uh, 10 ghost chili sauce chicken wings. So mm. me being Billy Big Bollocks, uh, I went for that challenge. And, do you know, they actually tasted really nice. Uh, ghost chili, even though it's it's one of the hottest uh, uh, chili sauces around, it has actually got a, a nice flavour to it. It's, a, it's a, quite a fruity flavour, but fucking hell, it burns. It burns. Uh, after maybe one and a bit wings, my lips were all swelled up. I sweated from places on my face that I didn't even know could sweat. I mean, the the, the sweat was dripping from my eyeballs. It was that powerful. Uh, I mean, I finished the plate. I finished the wings. Um, it's not something I'd really want to try again, though. Nah. Nah. See, I don't see the, the enjoyment side of it when it's that hot. I just don't, you know... Like you said, like the sweat around your eyes and stuff. That's that's when I know it's too much, man. When I get that, you mm-hmm. know, I like I like I like it spicy, but not that crazy hot. It's you know, just mental. I mean, one time speaking of Bombay bad boys and stuff, when my brother-in-law lived at my parents and I was still there, we stitched my kid brother up once by putting like four or five of the sausage that sauce into some water, stirring it up, and said he wanted to have some money or have a lift somewhere or something, and we said we wouldn't unless he necked that. <laughs> and that, so he put like four or five sachets in like a little bit of hot water stirred it up and just got him to like neck this this red 
putrid liquid. And he would because he wanted a few quid and he wanted to lift somewhere or whatever it was anyway. And he had the whole red face sweat pouring, but it was he was like it for like an hour after we'd eaten it. So we were starting to think, shit, what have we done here? You know, this is, this is not, <laughs> yeah, this is bad news. And you got sort of that half an eye on the clock because you know my mum and dad are coming home soon. And me and my brother and all both sat there like, shit, I hope it calms down soon. We were like sort of chucking pint after pint after pint of milk down his throat and stuff, trying to get him to, <laughs> but no, it didn't go well for me. It didn't go well for him. Um, how's your dating life been in the past, Magsy? Any, any great stories, horror stories? Um, do you know, I've been, I've, I've been pretty lucky that I haven't had any uh, lunatic part- partners or um, anything like that. Um, I remember once me and the wife went out to celebrate. I want to say it was it was either her birthday or it was um, our anniversary, and we went to um, a local Indian restaurant. And she uh, she ordered a, a curry, and you know, and in a, uh, a fancy Indian restaurant, they come in like those little metal bowls. You, you get your curry in like a metal bowl, and then you you basically put the plate together yourself, put your rice on or whatever, and then you you pour your curry on yourself. Yeah. Um. So she uh, orders this curry, and then uh, she's like she's like mixing it up with a fork, um, and realizes that the curry is like kind of tepid almost like it's uh like it's it's it, it's just aired rather than being being uh, like piping hot so she uh, she brings the waiter over and says um no this is uh this is is not hot can can we have it warmed up a little bit so anyway he takes it away uh brings it back uh you could see the steam coming off it so you know that it's uh it's been warmed through so she goes through the same routine gets the rice on the plate gets the poppadoms ready and stuff like that Picks up this uh this metal bowl to pour the curry over, uh, and the metal bowl is is so scalding hot that it actually burned a skin on a on her hands picking it up. No, um, yeah. So uh, I I, I want to say it around our anniversary. So for her anniversary present was essentially uh, getting uh, scarred from uh, a local Indian uh, restaurant, mm-hmm. which was fun. I mean, um, we did get uh, we did get the the meal for free and also uh, a voucher for a, a second meal, so win win. But she did also have third degree burns, which was also fun. Yeah, man. I mean, to be fair, you get your meal for free and you can go back and have another meal. It's almost worth touching the pan, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, yeah. do you know what I mean? I, I would. I it's gotta be, yeah. I burnt my hand on those. You know, like the you ever have like the the hot rocks stuff they do in some places. Have you seen that? Uh, yeah, like a sizzler. Uh, well, yeah. There's a place in Gloucester, and it is it is awesome. It's a great little pub, great little bar, um, and then they have a little restaurant bit at the back, and mm-hmm. you order like your meats and and whatnot, but they they bring it to you like cut up into bits, and um, you basically have a a stone of some sort, it's like a grey stone thing i don't know maybe 10 inches square i suppose and it is like this stone is incredible it's been in the oven like stupid temperatures and all this so you get your meat and you cook it yourself on this little bit of stone and and eat away you have like tuna steak and they had like kangaroo and all this sort of really 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 lovely stuff um and yeah you literally cook it on your stone on your table and you wait and they always say to you it's really hot and there's signs everywhere saying it's really hot every time me and the wife go there i burn myself every single time (laughs) You know, to the point where I've got a mark on my finger 
that is the same spot that I've burnt probably I don't know, <laughs> maybe three times now. Just callous skin in like the shape of a shape of the stone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. On this on, on one like like you know not not across the full knuckle, but almost like on the corner of the knuckle, if that makes sense. Where I've caught it, Ooh. and it's the same place every freaking time but i still i can tell you now if the place is open and me and the wife decided to go tomorrow i would burn the same part i don't know what it is so uh, i think uh, one of the restaurants that that is fairly close to us is a probably about a 20 minute drive away um they do a similar thing but what they have is like they have a wooden kind of frame around the the stone so basically it stops you from bashing your knuckles on it uh so you get all that the benefits of of like cooking your meat to your liking at the, on the table, but you also don't risk uh, cooking your, your own fingers. Like a safety cage. Yeah, essentially. Yeah. Uh, Maybe for, that's what for I need idiots. Do you know for like for clowns who Keep repeatedly burning, burning themselves and the don't place. learn a lesson yeah. from doing it the first time. <laughs> Uh yeah, I wonder who you can mean. <laughs> you know, like the, the Homer Simpsons of this world oh, when, his, when his cans of beer are on the, the electrical wires above him and he keeps trying to grab them and keeps getting electric shocked and then keeps going and going all night. Them kind of people, do you know? Yeah. Uh, I, I'm going to make myself a little safety cage there. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to make myself a cage to take with me next time. Um, I've got a couple of stories, Mags, that are sort of from my youth many, many, many moons ago that um, are potentially not they're going to put me in the greatest of light, but there we go. Um, I got with a young lady, I don't know how old I was. I think all these are a similar sort of time frame, 17, 18, 19, maybe. Maybe a bit before, 17, 18, I guess. Um I met a young lady and we've seen each other for a short period of time. Um, we were basically going to go see an Iron Maiden concert. Um, this is yeah, it's probably going back 20 odd years. Going to go see an Iron Maiden concert together. She was driving, so I, I don't drive. Um, so I had to get to her house and then we were going to have a bite to eat at the local pub and then off we were going to go. So I went to hers, met her, walked down the pub. Um, we had some food there. Went back to uh, My belly was a bit off. You know, cause I, I'd been out with the lads the night before, but, you know, it weren't a big session or anything like that. Um, but, I, you know, when you, your gut's kind of bubbling a little bit. Yeah. You know, and it's a bit like, oh, oh, you know. So I, I thought to myself, I can't sit in the car, basically farting away, stinking, because I've not long got with this this last, and I'm still trying to make a decent impression and so on. So Trying to get to second base. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I also knew this is... I can't sit in the car for a couple of hours and nothing happens. So I, I need to sort of, uh, I suppose, you know, clear the airways, I guess, is the, potentially the term. I need to make sure that I, I rectify this before we get in the car. Yeah. So, yeah, exactly. So I think, right, I'm going to have to go and, and, and take a shit. There's no two ways around it. I don't want to do this in this girl's house. It's quite a posh place, etc. Uh, but I'm thinking uh, it's better this than even just a tiny little one squeaks out in the car and it's that, you know, back of the throat makes her eyes water and that kind of <laughs> you know, <laughs> ruins the whole, uh, the whole experience. Do you know what I mean? It doesn't matter how good I made now that night. That's what's going to stick in the memory. Let's be honest. So I go upstairs. Um, 
um, basically go to the bathroom. And I go, that's, I'm just going to you know, use your loo. I'll be, I'll be as quick as I can. Pop in there. I don't want to tell her what I'm doing, obviously. So I nip into this little bathroom. This, I'm thinking this is really small. This is a really tiny little bathroom. I'm thinking she must have an extra, like two or three bathrooms because her house was very big. Like I said, she was, she was quite a bit uh, a posh last like. So I go into this tiny little bathroom and it's literally just a toilet and a little sink. There's no shower or anything. So I'm thinking she must have a separate bathroom elsewhere. But fine, no worries. I'll shut the door, lock it up. And I, I'm, I basically blast away. And it is a blast. It is rusty water firing at me. Um, and it's echoing around this little room. It is making a noise, Max. It is, you know, the windows are rattling from the noise. And the smell is horrific. It's like, it's almost like I've been at a festival for four days. It was that kind of scenario, you know? And I'm thinking, oh, this is terrible. But at least I know she's downstairs. I'm upstairs at the other side of the, the, the house. I mean, it wasn't a mansion, don't get me wrong, but it was big enough to know that this is going to be okay. I can sort this out. I can crack a window, make sure nothing's left messy. She's going to be none the wiser, okay? And I'm sat there and I'm blasting away. And just as I finish, I stand up and I can hear voices. And I'm thinking, who else is here? Because I thought it was just me and her in the house. I'm like, who's she talking to then? Perhaps she's on the phone. I don't know. And then not the door that I came in from, but the other side of this tiny little room, I realise, is another door. And that door swings open. And I'm still there with my trousers around my ankles and the toilet full of this putrid, stinky, rusty water. And realise it's basically an ensuite to her parents' bedroom. Oh, wow. Her mum and dad are home. They were watching television or doing something in the whatever. And I've gone in the side door into the toilet. And they've got another door. It, almost like you could open both doors up and have a walk through past the toilet onto the landing. <laughs> okay. So I've gone in, shut the door, stank this tiny little cubicle up and made this awful, awful racket. There's no way they haven't heard me. Right. And they've opened the door. I've not locked the other door because I didn't even realize it was there. So they basically opened this door and I'm stood there with my trousers around my ankles and the toilet just full of shit. And I'm just like, oh, Hi. And she, the, the, the woman literally just looked at me, gagged a little Get bit, shut, shut the door. And I could hear him talking. I don't know who that is. What's going on? So I basically sort myself out quick, ran downstairs, said to the last, we need to go, I think. Um, Iron Maiden were fantastic that night. Um, I didn't see her. Again. <laughs> <laughs> As if that's the main thing. Well, yeah, I, I didn't see her again, though. But <laughs> uh, yeah, that was not a, not a good experience. Um, I had one where... I, I basically went up town and this is when I was staying back at my parents' house for a little bit. And I brought a young lass back to my parents' place. Again, I was only 16, 17, but I, was, I looked old enough to go up town. And plenty of other people my age were going up town in Gloucester as well. They were quite relaxed, I guess, back then in the 90s as to who could get in and so on. Um, I woke up the following morning and the girl had gone. And I was a bit like, okay, rude, but never mind, whatever. I went downstairs and she's only sat there having a cup of tea and some toast with my mum. Chatting away. Just chatting. My mum's just chatting away to her like their mates and so on. And then the worst part of it is I sit down and I'm I'm feeling very sheepish at this stage because I'm thinking, okay, this is awkward as hell. You know, I met this girl only what a few hours previous. And then I twig as we're talking and my mum's asking me questions and, and, and the conversation's sort of rolling on. I can't remember this poor girl's name. So you look the kind of like the story where you look for a letter and it says the occupier of the house or the homeowner. So I'm sat there and and basically I'm sat there and I think at some stage my old man he twigs that I don't know this girl's name because I'm acting quite awkward. 
So my mum is just chatting away, and my dad keeps dropping little things in, like, uh, so are you not going to introduce us then, Simon? And I'm like, um, yeah, this is my mum and dad. And trying desperately to avoid saying, and this mum and dad, this is such and such. Uh, and little things like, because I reckon he's twigged, and he keeps asking these, these questions to make it as awkward as possible for me. Mm-hmm. So that was a... Uh, incredibly awkward half hour and it's one of those where you sort of i'm trying to rush her through drinking her coffee or tea or whatever and think oh we need to we need to go with you know this sort of stuff and my dad's just chuckling in the background at me thinking it was you know the most funniest thing in the world because he could see how awkward i was and how squirmy it was getting for me in that scenario because that's imagine how that last would have felt if I, but that's not that's not me being a billy big balls i'm uptown pulling girls or anything like that that did not happen a great deal trust me if you saw me, <laughs> if you saw me you'd understand you know i i am punching well above my weight with, with mrs Sai. trust me um but i'm just not very good with names you know it's, <laughs> it's just the way it was you know wow you absolute horrible, horrible human being. Yeah. And, and the last one is... <laughs> it's not even <laughs> over, guys. It's not even over. The last Shitting one in someone's uh, ensuite uh, bathroom, not even knowing the bird's name, and now he's gonna, this is going to be the ass on the cake. Ah, it's not as, I, I'm thinking about it. It's probably not as bad as the shitty Iron Maiden story, to be fair. But this this girl I was very very keen on for a long time um i i basically fancied her for ages i thought she was wonderful i was desperate to have an opportunity to to go out with her have a drink with her or get to know her and, and hopefully you know end up in a relationship with her at some stage it was that sort of i was besotted with this this young lass um i was 17 i think it was when it was when the titanic film came out mag so that was 97 so yeah i'd have been i'd have been 16 yeah 17 17 i'd have been um <laughs> And it basically got to the stage where it was my birthday and I'd said, I said to her, let's go to the cinema for my birthday. And she gave in and she was like, okay, okay, I'll come out with you for a bit then. I'm thinking, great, here's my chance. I'm going to, I'm going to take her out. We'll have something to eat. We'll go watch a film. This is going to be superb. This is my ultimate opportunity to impress this girl that I've been, you know, sort of trying to get the attention of for quite a while. And, uh, it, as many of my stories in life go, um, booze got in the way. <laughs> um, I had a few drinks the night before for my birthday, and then the lads kind of said, well, let's go play pool and have a few beers, you know, air of the dog sort of thing, before you go out and, and see this last. And I thought a couple of drinks will be good, because that will get rid of any nerves I've got, because I was incredibly nervous. As I said, I was really keen on this. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, of course, I'd been out late the night before, and I'd went and played pool and I had a few more beers, a few more beers turned into a few more. And, um, we then went to the cinema. I, I left the lads and went off to the, even though they were trying to tempt me to stay out and ditch this last, I was like, no, no, this is ultimately this finally, this is my opportunity. So I went and met the girl at the cinema. Um, we had a bite to eat at the Chinese place next door, which is just gutted. Now they found all sorts of horrors in there and the people who owned it ran away. And it was like, gross really gross but that's a, that's it was in all the papers down there that's a story for a different day but it was rank um, <laughs> at the time it was nice so we had a bite to eat chinese in there and i went into the cinema and she wanted to watch titanic and i didn't want to watch that at all you know but even though it's like my birthday i was like no it's okay we'll watch what you want Cause again i'm trying to impress this girl we get in we sit down, and it's dark and this film lasts about four years doesn't it yeah it's so bad yeah, and I don't I'm, think I've ever sat through a full viewing of it. Yeah, see, this is the issue. I did sit through the whole viewing, but 
I, I had a few drinks in me. It was warm. It was dark. I kind of dozed off. And, uh, <laughs> um, I don't know at what stage I fell asleep. I don't know how long was left of the film, but I woke up and the film hadn't finished and she had gone. Um, wow. Dick's mid film. I basically fell asleep in the cinema. Um, and she just got up and, and left, but it wasn't from, I found out in later, however long it was later years, I suppose. Cause I, I speak to this last still to this day occasionally. And, um, I found out in later years that I hadn't just dozed off. I was full on tractor snoring yes. in the middle of the cinema where I'd had a skinful the night before a few beers that afternoon. And I was full on roaring snoring to the point where people were getting so angry about it. She just got up and left me. And I don't know how long I was asleep there for, but yeah. So this opportunity to, um, get with this, this young lady that I was, uh, very, very keen on for a long time. I ruined because I fell asleep during Titanic, mate. Brutal. And, and Titanic will do that to you because it is a boring ass film. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is, apart from the bit where he you know, does the painting, but that's a, that's a story for another day. <laughs> Paint me like one of your French girls. And right there is the intro to our show this week. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's that, then, mate. That's a little insight into my dating disasters from back in the day. Uh, do you want to uh, talk a little wrestling, Mags? Yes, let's. Uh, your topic won the pick so come on let's get this this debacle out of the way hey everyone it's Sai. just wanted to quickly jump in and give you a message about next week's chain wrestling um by way of a thank you i guess to everybody out there for all the support the retweets the votes in the polls the interactions we get and and just generally all the the well wishes we get for everyone saying how much they enjoy the show um by way of a thank you for all of that mags and i have decided to make next week's chain wrestling potentially the biggest and the best episode we've done yet um at the end of this episode you'll hear our options for the poll for next week's show you'll agree that whichever one wins well i hope you'll agree but whichever one wins is going to be an absolute stormer of a topic for us uh, for our wrestling subject um on top of that once we know which way we're going with the poll we're going to allow everyone out there on you know in twitter land to message in and put forward your suggestions and mags and i will probably pick um, a listener's suggestion each as well so we may have a poll with four options on there which is uh, going to be quite exciting and quite funny as well and to hopefully round it off as the best and biggest episode of chain wrestling yet our non-wrestling topic will be yes it's returning everyone's favorite it's going to be drunk stories part I hope everyone is looking forward to that. So please keep an eye out on the social medias for the show. At chain underscore wrestling on Twitter is always your best option. Vote in the polls. Keep an eye out for our non-wrestling topic. Get your suggestions in when I put the tweet out about where you would like to link from for whichever our wrestling subject is in the next episode of Chain Wrestling. And Mags and I really hope to give you the best and the biggest episode of Chain Wrestling yet by way of a thank you. Um, I would ask Mags to uh, give his thoughts, but he's obviously not with me whilst I record this quick snippet. So I imagine he'd just say something like, oh, Burnley, Northern stuff. 
I don't know, gravy on chips, yum yum, get to fork, something like that, but he'd agree anyway because I messaged him earlier. Okay, thank you very much, and let's get back to more chain wrestling. Thank you for listening. Okie doke, um, this week my choice did win the poll. Oh yes, it did. Oh yes, it did. I'm so happy. Yes, it did. Um, the choice I made was Ric Flair versus Terry Funk in an I Quit match from Clash of the Champions 9, way back in 1989. Um, I rewatched this earlier, and I made the point of getting Charlie, my youngest daughter, to come and uh, sit with me and rewatch this because she's wouldn't have seen this before ever. So her insight into it, her her opinions were quite quite good as well because it's fresh eyes, I guess. Um, what were your thoughts, Mags, watching this back for the first time in in quite a while? Yeah, I mean, uh, as much as I, I give Sam and grief for his pick winning, um, this is uh, a, a, one of the the best quit matches that that you could you could go and watch. Uh, there's no kind of a uh, real shenanigans. There's no kind of like uh, overly complex booking. It's just two wrestlers trying to beat each other up uh, to to get to the point where one of them says, I quit. Um, yeah, I thought it was a, a, a really, really good match. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I really enjoyed watching it back. And again, I think you're right. It's not... I mean, this is something that, that Charlie actually said, my, my daughter. It's not really wrestling as in wrestling. They are just beating the crap out of each other. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't see it bar in the finish. Obviously, you don't see very many actual holds or anything like that. They are literally just kick, punch, chop, and so on. But it's all so brutal, isn't it? Yeah, and but but it's all kept within the realms of of uh, reality. Uh, it doesn't go overboard uh, some kind of like uh, stipulation matches that you get nowadays where you literally have to throw everything by the kitchen sink at an opponent to, to get them to stay down. This was two guys using essentially what God gave them to beat each other down. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I, I put the, the Clash of the Champions 9 show on from the start earlier. Um, a little bit of context. This is originally aired on November the 15th, 1989. Mm-hmm. It comes from the Houston Fieldhouse in New York. And there were 4,000 in attendance. Um, we've just coming off the back of the Fantastic Flare and Steamboat trilogy in 1989. Yeah, uh, sorry, did I'm sure we covered um, in an earlier show. Um, or in maybe it was uh, for for S, uh, for the SJP podcast. Um, we covered the Flair uh, and and uh, Steamboat match uh, because I, I distinctly remember it leading into uh, the Funk uh, the Funk match because Funk came out to essentially attack Flair. Yeah, and he gave him a pile driver through a table, didn't he? Which for 1989 <sighs> was. Well, yeah. even now, present day, it's it's incredible. But for '89, it was just like, wow, that was that was insane. Um, the show opens up with, I, I like these sort of old '80s, early '90s dated graphics that the NWA used because they are, even though it's the late '80s, early '90s, they almost feel older than that. And and you start the show starts with a really cool open with all the beautiful title belts that the NWA and Jim Crockett Promotions and, and so on used 
at this time the, the tv title with the red strap and the big gold belt which is obviously the world championship and so on that that was really cool and then we had funk and flair cutting sort of mini promos to the camera talking about the i quit match and straight away i was hooked in straight away from that that intro package that sort of video there i, I was drawn into the match instantly i couldn't wait to get through the show to to see this um yeah. well and and this was essentially the blow off for, for the feud because uh if i remember rightly the this was almost like a rematch from the great american bash uh match that they had uh which ended uh in in almost like a fluke victory uh so uh this was um this was basically uh the the loser must quit so we got a definitive winner of this feud yeah yeah and i think funk I think the next month or the next few months after the next clash, anyway, he's working more like an interviewer or um, mm-hmm. a sort of backstage person with a microphone sort sort of thing. So I think mean, this is like one of the earlier attempts of his to actually retire, which is laughable, really. Considering yeah, well, still I, I, uh, <laughs> from from obviously not being someone who watched this uh, at the time and uh, reading up her. Um, uh, for the for the context, I think one of the stipulations was not only that the the person had to quit, but it was uh, the loser must retire, uh, and that if if Flair had lost, he would also relinquish the uh, the end of world's title. Oh, why? I did not know that. I, be- I believe that's the case. Yeah. Oh, I've never heard that before. Oh, why? Wow. I didn't realize. Oh, that's insane. Okay. Now you, now you know. How did I not know that? I love 1989 um, WCW and all that. How did I not know? What a moron. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I won't correct you. No, I know you won't. <laughs> <laughs> um, again, earlier in the show, we have some awards given out by Pro Wrestling Illustrated. Um, Sting wins the most popular wrestler in WCW and Flair wins wrestler of the decade and they're given these big trophies and so on Uh, and Flair acts quite humble about it Um, Flair as a babyface in this era is a bit weird isn't it yeah, I mean, Flair as a babyface in general is a bit weird. I always thought he he did his best work when he was the 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 smarmy, cocky heel. Uh, but I suppose in this feud, uh, with uh, with uh, Funk being the antagonist, and then with Funk having Gary Hart in his corner, um, basically making it uh, Texas versus America. Because uh, uh, if you go back earlier in the show, there's a, an interview where Gary Hart says not only is, is Funk representing the, the great state of Texas, but he's also representing uh, Gary Hart. And he, if he's one thing he doesn't uh, want to do, it's let Gary Hart down. So uh, you, you can kind of see why Flair goes into this match as as the face. And um, it, I think it works. It really adds to the feud. Mm, yeah, definitely. Um, the The intros are quite interesting as well i guess the sort of i mean terry funk comes out to some sort of western film (laughs) style movie music flanked by a couple of cowboys and he's wearing a cowboy hat and so on himself um and it is cheesy and very dated but i loved it (laughs) yeah very much like avonhoe style music um and it was very kind of jarring to not see him with his uh, his red and white uh, and black ring gear. Uh, he was wearing like almost grey, I want to say stockings. 
and then like booty shorts over the top of them, which yeah. just looked really kind of awkward for for Terry Funk. Yeah, on that note as well, Flair, who I mean, Flair comes out to his usual music mm-hmm. um, with a little bit of fanfare for the common man at the beginning of it. Um, if you like, if anyone watches Darts, it's the intro to um, what was Phil Taylor's music. That sort yeah. of you know that that bit there before it kicks in with "I've Got the Power." That was played for a bit, and I was like, "This isn't Flair's music," and it threw me for a moment. And then Flair's music plays when he comes out, and he's got a fantastic looking robe on. The hair looks great. He's surrounded by all these women. And he takes the robe off. And it, I don't know why it bothers me so much, because it's not important. But his boots don't match. No, yeah. Uh, I did notice that. And one thing that's always annoyed me about Flair is he wears his knee pads on his shins. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely ridiculous. But uh, his, his uh, wrestling gear always kind of telegraphs the result. Um, because he wasn't wearing red, you know that uh, Flair's not losing this match. Yeah, see, that's something that I didn't twig was a thing until very recently. Um, it's been since I've been podcasting, so it's in the last year that I've twigged that that was a thing. I um, only I only knew from listening to uh, Comrade Thompson podcast. Okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, it's funny. But when you think about it, there's certain moments like WrestleMania. I don't know why this one stands out, but WrestleMania 8 against Randy Savage. I can visualize it now and he's wearing red and he lost. So it does sort of stand up with that example, I guess. Yeah. Um, Again, flair to me, this is peak flair. I think he looks incredible. When he takes the Mm -hmm. robe off, he looks in fantastic shape. Um, The match starts. And again, it's, it's very, um, it's it's relatively fast paced, quite aggressive from both parties and so on. Um, They end up, scrapping a bit on the outside and, and funks shouting at the crowd and so and this one i sort of turned to charlie and i said well, what do you think of of terry funk then and she's known him as being middle-aged and crazy which is the tagline that funk has mm-hmm. at times and charlie is a huge john moxley fan mox is like taking over cody as her favorite wrestler at the moment um and she knows that mox likes terry funk because she's seen it in an interview that he did on youtube and so on um but she comes out with he doesn't look that crazy actually he just looks really mean when he tries to hit the ref <laughs> i was like <laughs> i was like he does look a bit crazy charlie let's be honest yeah <laughs> but apparently yeah. he looked more mean than crazy so but yeah um funk's punches look fantastic don't they yeah uh, as as good as flair's chops looked um wow um, those chops were amazing. There's a there's a one point quite early on in the match where uh, Flair chops Funk and he goes over the top rope and you can see he's absolutely fucking livid about it. Uh, he goes to start attacking fans in the crowd. Yeah. Uh, the, the the there's a guy there with a, a baseball cap and a, and a red t-shirt on who he's uh, Funk is swinging for. Um, goes over the the fence and almost kind of like hangman's himself on the fence. Uh, yeah, he's absolutely fuming uh, all the way through this match the the, the biggest uh, part of Flair's Arsenal was those chops they were just absolutely ripping uh, you could hear the, the echo in, in in the relatively small arena every time he he, uh, he landed those chops it was brilliant and there was a, it's a, a really cool interesting se- uh, segment where they're fighting almost with a 
with on the apron right next to where the uh, the announce desk is. And this isn't like modern day Raw or SmackDown where the announce desks are, are, are quite away away from the ring. These are literally right up there. They're almost flush with the ring. And you yeah. hear Gordon, you hear Gordon Soli get up and say, "I'm getting away from this as as far as possible." And Jim Ross uh, saying, "Yeah." Um, um, I, I, if I had any sense, I'd be doing the same thing, even though he doesn't. Uh, and that that they almost go through that table so many times. Uh, these uh, these punches to Flair that drops him down on the apron, then these uh, chops to uh, to Terry Funk that drops him down on the apron. Eventually, they end up getting uh, back in the ring, uh, and that's where Funk uh, starts to take a little bit of uh, of the advantage. He uh, he, he does. Um, a uh, swinging net breaker, and then he starts slapping Ric Flair around the head, uh, which which doesn't work at all because it actually winds up Ric Flair to the point where he grips him literally by the throat as if he's going to strangle him, mm. uh, and then uh, continues with the chops. Oh, oh my God, Flair uh, Funk's chest must have been must have been killing him after this match. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And again, it's just such simple things that you see in wrestling all the time, I guess chops and punches and so on. But these guys are that good that it looks so brutal and so aggressive. I mean, just, just brilliant, brilliant stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, a really cool visual for me as well. Obviously the, the, the whole ethos of this, I quit matches. You have a microphone or the referee, sorry, a wireless, a a wireless microphone. uh, Ah, yes. In 1989 coming with the, with the new technology, no, they're not like Simon's uh, phone idea having it attached to the wall. This microphone you could take anywhere around <laughs> with you. <laughs> you dick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and they, they said about this wireless microphone. And the first time they use it, something must go wrong because the next time there's a microphone in the ring, it's got a big cable attached to it. And yeah, that's dragging this cable around. And then they go back to the wireless one eventually. But yeah, mm-hmm. that made me chuckle a little bit. They made a big deal out of this wireless microphone well, and then it well, was it was broken. <laughs> even the microphone though kind of played a, a really cool part in this because it, it gives you the uh the the ability to hear what the wrestlers were saying to each other to try and make them quit. Uh the first time that uh uh that Funk used it is is uh He's calling Flair an egg-sucking dog, which is obviously ends up being one of his catchphrases. Mm. Um, and then in the second second time, he's he's trying to get Flair to 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 quit. He's verbally reminding him that he's got a broken neck and he he uh, he should he should uh, retire and, and give up. Uh, and then when Flair say no, he cracks him in the head with the the microphone. So it, it does end up working as like almost a kind of like psychological warfare. Yeah, I mean, and that was what I was going to say actually when I when I said about the the visual that he he's Funk is screaming, "Remember your neck, remember your neck," mm-hmm. uh, and getting the ref to ask him whilst his head is between, sorry, whilst Ric Flair's head is between Terry Funk's legs in preparation for a pile driver, yeah. and the visual of and that, it was, I and it was, was also great. at that time he's he's slapping his own leg to to get more kind of pressure onto to Ric Flair's neck. It's it, it's it's those little nuances that takes. Uh, a really good uh, talented wrestler to to that next level when you're adding that that little thing that that you wouldn't necessarily think of but it makes all the difference in in the believability that you are wanting to to end the career of your opponent yeah exactly um we get a second power driver which is on the floor which i thought looked really vicious as well considering there's literally nothing out there there's a tiny little mat and that is it um 
Flair is slammed on the table that Mags mentioned previously. Uh, but the, the cameras almost miss that, don't they? Where they're not up to speed with the action. And you just sort of catch it in the corner of the screen as yeah. opposed to it being the main focus, I suppose, of what you should be watching at the time, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Funk then gets head first rammed into a very thick, sturdy looking table. That it, was quite it, a... it, it looked like it was made of, uh, do you know when you broke it, when a window's been broken and you get like a, a glazier come out and they put a, a protective board over it until they get the, the piece of glass. Oh, it, looked yeah. like, it looked like someone had found one of those like big sheets of wood and like chopped it down size because you could see like a half of a logo of something on the underside of it, and then and then it's even strengthened with like a bit of two before. So uh, when they were trying to do uh, uh, moves on the table to put the table through, there's no way that table went through. It's about three inch thick. Yeah, it, and there's a noise, weren't there? The noise yeah. was proper. And, um, and, and there's even a point where they do a bit. I think it's Funk that gets baseball slided across the table. Um, into into the 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 guardrail yeah um there's a chair isn't there as well he they grab Mm -hmm. flair grabs funk throws him on top of the table and he slides across and hits his head on the chair at the end Mm -hmm. as he sort of goes off the edge which is quite quite a unique little moment i've not seen that very often um we we also get gary hart getting involved at this stage because they're outside the ring scrapping away and flair hit well he hits him um, maybe chops him as well, potentially, and then grabs him and gives him an elbow. And Gary Hart just doesn't sell any of it. He literally yeah, gets the, up and walks away. <laughs> and there's a point as well on, on when they're on the outside where Flair essentially pushes him over uh, yeah. and, and throws him onto the floor. And Gary Hart uh, looks like he's about to get up and attack Flair. And the, the referee's like, nope, get away. Uh, Tommy Young, one of the, the, the best referees that to ever do it. Yeah, nope, get away, leave it. Uh, he's had enough, uh, and but lets the fighting carry on. It's uh, um, it's a, It gets Gary Hart involved in the story, which obviously we'll, we will get to when we get to the end, I suppose. Yeah, and it's it's just chaos, isn't it? And that, but it's mm-hmm. it's a brilliant chaos because yeah. you can see that the main, I suppose, the main characters of, of Funk and Flair are still the main characters. It's not they're not being there's not so much going on that it takes away from the main two people that we should be focusing on. But there's enough chaos going around to make it really seem like a dangerous, sort of edgy, chaotic atmosphere to be in. I suppose. Um, mm-hmm. Eventually, Terry Funk ends up getting put into a figure four, but fights his way out of it. And the way he was fighting and scrapping to not be stuck in the figure four, I think really sold the move well, because he knows that, you know, this move's going to cause him trouble, of course. It's, it's well, yeah, I mean, it, it's, well, it's not only that it's Flair's finishes. Uh, uh, Terry Funk uh, had uh, lots of leg injuries. Uh, I mean, if, you, if you've ever seen the... Uh, um, the the uh, I can't remember the name of the wrestling documentary now, but there's a uh, an, an ECW documentary that, that focuses a lot on Terry Funk, uh, and his knees are essentially two bones scraping against each other. So he's yeah. got a lot of issues with his leg, and they really played on that. Uh, uh, Jim Ross says on commentary that he's surprised that Flair hasn't started targeting the 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 legs and the knees of of uh, of uh, Terry Funk and almost uh, straight away, Ric Flair does start to go and work on him and um, you can see the the pain going through uh, 
Terry Funk's eyes and there's, there's points where he's, he's hobbling and, and essentially hopping on one leg because of uh, of Flair attacking uh, attacking his legs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we also get a suplex on the apron. That, well, well, sort of suplex from the inside of the ring to out, I guess, but onto the apron. Mm-hmm. That kind of just looked a bit awkward. That was one moment that kind of didn't quite didn't quite hit for me if if you know what i mean yeah um, I, I know what you mean yeah uh eventually funk is then put into a figure four shortly after this and he really sells this great he's screaming he's yelling he's clawing at flair he's grabbing the wrath he's desperately trying to get out of this this hold um and he screams about his leg breaking he can feel it breaking apparently mm-hmm. um and eventually he does say th- the words i quit yes yes i quit and any and he loses the match um we then get flair and funk shaking hands after which is what funk said he was going to do if he lost he would shake flair's hand and he says he well done and, and so on and then we get the Japanese, the Japanese, the Japanese, as well, Jim Ross well, kept calling uh, us on commentary. Just, just before that, we get uh, Gary Hart actually uh, uh, lambasting Terry Funk because he, like, like he said earlier in the earlier promo, he's saying you, you are representing me. Uh, you don't want to do anything that will embarrass me. And clearly, he feels that losing to uh, arguably the greatest wrestler that ever lived is is slightly embarrassing. So he's uh, he's ripping into uh, uh, into Terry Funk, and that's when uh, the Great Muta uh, and the Dragon Master run in and and uh, start to destroy uh, Ric Flair. Uh, Ric Flair's best mate and worst enemy, Sting, comes out to uh, to make the save. Um, we get, uh, I think he puts Dragon Master in the Scorpion Deathlock, and yep. then we've got Flair uh, with the figure four on on Muta, and we think, oh, the good guys are, have won the day. Uh, until uh, Lex Luger comes out with a chair, uh, cracks Sting with it, uh, and then the 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 heels uh, all beat up on on Flair, Funk, and Sting, and leave them out uh, laying. Uh, and then just as they were they were leaving to go to the back. Uh, Lex Luger spots uh, a couple of uh, trophies that were were handed out earlier in the show, uh, and decides to destroy them uh, with with the with the chair. Uh, a really cool visual. I mean, for for all his faults, Lex Luger looked like a, an absolute Adonis at this time. He had muscles on top of muscles on top of muscles, and the visual of him holding that broken trophy aloft. Uh, and all his muscles rippling was uh, a really cool uh, visual, and, and I think that leads into the the next uh, Clash of Champions. So it was uh, really well worked, really well planned. Just a brilliant time, I think, nineteen eighty nine <laughs> on on that side of the fence. I guess the NWA WCW side, just so much talent there, so and, and talent that to me is at the, at the top of its game. I mean, Steamboat obviously is, is fantastic. Flair, I think here is, is, is top class. Muta's great. Luger. Um, I mean, Flair obviously had his matches with Steamboat. He's got a match here with Funk before this Funk actually wrestled Steamboat as well in a clash of champions main event. And that match mm-hmm. is a bit of a, a bit of a, um, hidden gem, I guess it's, it's pretty good. Um, the, the whole smashing the trophies thing is, is brilliant as well. It really added to what was going on. Um, but again, the camera almost misses it because it's behind yeah. a, the camera's behind it's a behind half of a curtain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it all, yeah, but you can see Luger swing the chair, but you can't see at first exactly what he's hitting. 
Yeah, I mean, I've got to give props for the for the storytelling as well. I mean, the way they flowed from uh, Flair versus Steamboat all the way through uh, Flair versus Funk and then going on to Flair versus Muta um, slash Sting um, slash the Dragon Master. Really good, uh, well-played storytelling. Nobody uh, come out of any of the matches looking worse. Uh, Terry Funk uh, looked at an absolute million dollars in, in this fight. Um Flair and Steamboat was absolutely superb when we watched that before. So it's really, really good long-term storytelling, and that that is something I'm all about in in terms of wrestling. Yeah, I agree, mate. I agree. I really, really enjoyed this, and I really enjoyed it watching it with my daughter as well. Um, yeah. She said that she enjoyed the match. She then said that Terry Funk doesn't seem that crazy, not as crazy as Moxley. And then she went on and said, if you want to see real crazy, crazy, you have to watch Mox. But I think she's a bit biased because... <laughs> Recently um, biased, certainly. Yeah, yeah. But she was impressed as well, um, which was good. Because I, I worry sometimes, you know, when you go back and watch something, especially with one of the kids, it, and it's something that I hold quite dear, I really enjoy that when you watch it back, it's not quite as good or they think it, they think it's crap, for example. Yeah. That's always a worry. So it's great to know that that's, that stands the test of time, I guess, to a young 11 year old who is a still very, very early on in a wrestling fandom, which is, which is great from my standpoint. Um, out of 10 then Magsy, what are we thinking? Um, great match. Uh, and uh, I can understand why at the time this got, a. Uh, a five-star rated, really, really good. Um, but I think as as uh, modern wrestling fans, we're very much spoiled with um, with just an increase in uh, in technical skill with wrestlers. So uh, in terms of storyline uh, and and uh, the passion from the match, yeah, it absolutely does stand out. But in terms of uh, of, of action, um, it's it is quite a basic match. Uh, there's not a lot of uh, uh, stuff that that's, uh, we haven't seen before. Um, whilst it's all done really, really well, uh, there's nothing really kind of groundbreaking in this match. So that that for me is going to score it down. Uh, but like I said, I really enjoyed this match. It's 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 not something that uh, I've watched a lot of times, but uh, I, I do think it stands up in 2021. So for that, I'm gonna. I'm going to give it seven and a half. Uh, okay. Okay. I'm going to go a little bit higher. And again, it may be some form of bias, I guess, because I love this era and I love um, Jim Crockett promotions, uh, WCW, the NWA, all of that, that, that sort of late eighties, early nineties era of that, that side. Um, I agree with you. It's not exactly groundbreaking stuff with regards to what we see now, but again, you've got to put yourself back into it being 1989. And for me, the realism of it, the fact that I'm looking at Terry Funk, just simply throwing a punch and thinking that looked fantastic, Mm -hmm. really sort of sets it aside for me. Um, It's not, it's not the complete perfect barnstormer. It's not. It's not an Omega Okada or a Steamboat Flair where you sort of look at it as being top, top, top class. But I really, really enjoyed this. So I'm gonna go a smidge higher than you, Mags. I think I'm gonna give it eight and a half out of ten. I think. Oh, interesting. Uh, maybe that is my NWA bias. I don't know, but yeah, that's what I'm gonna go with, mate. <laughs> the subjectivity of wrestling. There we go. 
So, where? well, okay, very quickly, bit of context. I had a message from Mr. Mags earlier today, listeners, um, <laughs> saying I have got an absolute, how did you word it? Doozy of a, a pick. A doozy of a pick for where we go next. So, Magsy's bringing out the big guns because he lost last week. Um, uh, he's definitely not bitter about losing. Oh, of course not. No, you <laughs> can't hear it in your voice or anything. Um, <laughs> so, Mags, where shall we go next week? Okay, so um, let's let's just find the date. So you're saying that this was on aired on the the 15th of November, 1989. Yeah, I think that's what I said, isn't it? Yeah. Yep. Uh, and these Clash of the Champions, they were kind of almost like um, super shows, almost not quite pay per views, but certainly not uh, your regularly scheduled wrestling program, your house shows. Uh, these were were kind of like. I mean, nowadays you'd probably call them B-level uh, pay-per-views. Yeah, except obviously they were on free-to-air television, weren't they? Yeah, the yeah absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and at the time, uh, the the WWF's kind of uh, uh, alternate to this was, was would you say, was Saturday Night's main event? Uh, kind of like uh, regular shows uh, that had that kind of big match feel uh, but wasn't, uh, wasn't quite uh, to the standard of a pay-per-view. Yeah, I, I think you, I think that's pretty good, pretty good comparison because you have with WCW and the WWF, the TV at the time, the weekly TV was a lot of squash matches and so on, mm-hmm. yeah. and then you'd have these specials, Saturday Night's Main Event or a Clash of the Champions, where you'd have more name versus name matches, but they'd be used primarily to further on a storyline heading into a pay per view, and that yeah. is definitely what Saturday Night's Main Event was. So I reckon that's a really good, yeah, a really good comparison, Max. Yeah. Oh, thank you very much. So, on that note, uh, I'm going to go to a, a Saturday night's main event, uh, and I'm actually going to go to the Saturday night's main event that was the closest to this event. Um, and we're actually looking at Saturday night's main event 24. Uh, that was actually recorded on Halloween of 1989 uh, from uh, Topeka in Kansas, uh, but it actually didn't air till after. Uh, Clash of the Champions nine aired. It actually aired about ten days later, twenty fifth of uh, November. Um, now looking on that card, uh, there's no matches that that really kind of stand out as uh, as as groundbreaking or like what you'd say. Oh yeah, I remember that for being such a great match. In fact, there's no match that actually goes longer than uh, than eight minutes. Okay. So uh, what? Um, me, as you know, I like to kind of like uh, uh, flaunt the rules of of, of uh, chain wrestling to uh, bend them to my will uh, as as often as I can. So I don't actually want to watch a match. Oh no! I want to cover the whole of Saturday Night's main event twenty four. Oh, thank goodness for that. I don't know why, when you said I don't want to watch a match, my mind, for some reason, jumped to no holds barred. I mean, that that may be an option in the don't very near future. <laughs> um, so just for, for context for this uh, Saturday night's uh, main event 24, we have the Ultimate Warrior, uh, who was the, the WWF Intercontinental Champion at the time. He takes on Andre the Giant. We had the Genius uh, taking on Hulk Hogan for the World Heavyweight title. We had Dusty Rhodes taking on Big Boss Man. We had Mr. Perfect taking on the Red Rooster. And we have the Rockers 
taking on the Brainbusters in a two out of three falls match. So we are going to watch if I win, which I should, and we're going to watch all five of these matches. Uh, it's, I think the show is about an hour long, so we've uh, we've certainly watched uh, close to that in terms of single matches anyway, so I think that'll be a, a nice little uh, departure from the main rules of, of chain wrestling, and there's certainly, with five matches there, there's certainly plenty of different directions we can go for, for the next link of the chain. So like that's it, my mate. pick. I like it, I like it, that's good. That's good. Prime Hogan, uh, Warrior on his way up. Brainbusters versus the Rockers, two out of three fours. Oh, yes, please. And, oh, I like and, it, mate. And for extra context, um, these shows drew huge, huge viewing numbers. Uh, we, we've seen Raw and SmackDown nowadays struggle to get um, more than two million. Um, Saturday Night's main event, 23, drew a 9.5 Nielsen rating. Uh, Saturday night's main event uh, 24 drew at 8.7 and then the following one drew uh, an 11.1 rating so this was wow. when wrestling was peak that is insane isn't it that's just just mental numbers and you look now they're celebrating when they put a million well, yeah, yes. I mean, the, the most lauded uh, era of, of wrestling uh, with uh, the the Attitude Era, um, you, you rarely saw numbers over six Nielsen points, uh, and that's one of the most profitable times of wrestling ever. So to see, essentially, uh, a B-level pay-per-view drawing way over that, uh, it, it, it just shows how hot wrestling was in, in the, the late, late 80s. Yeah, see... I almost don't... I've got two matches written down for where I can go, for my link. Um, because when you said you've got an absolute doozy, I started trying to second-guess where you could go. And I, <laughs> I, I, I thought that you had chosen my first choice because I know how fond you are of that particular match. So I had a backup option as well. I almost don't want to put my best option forward because I kind of want to watch Saturday Night's main event. <laughs> I kind of want to talk about 1989 wrestling with you, Max. I kind of want to do that. Um, no, no, I've got to. It's only fair. It's the, it's the way we play the game. It's, it's, let's do this properly. My my link is relatively straightforward, and it's something I bloody love. Uh, I know it's one of those matches that I imagine pretty much everyone listening has seen um, and hopefully enjoyed, but those tend to be matches that do quite well in the poll. So maybe that will be um, a good adversary for your excellent Saturday night's main event option. Um, I'm going to use Ric Flair as the link, and I'm literally just going to go for another Ric Flair match. And I'm going to go to one of your personal favorites, Mags, uh, WrestleMania 24. And it's going to be the Shawn Michaels Ric Flair oh, WrestleMania you, match. You bastard! Where, you know, I'm sorry, I love you. No, that's a horror. Take that back. You can't. <laughs> you can't put that up against. No, I. I, I want people to vote for you now. Oh, Even that's... though I've bent the rules just to just to one up you this time, and now I actually want you to win. Oh, what, what have you done? What a poll! That is that is storming, isn't it? Mm-hmm. That is absolutely so, uh, an event that I would, you know, I think I'm, I, I'll end up watching it anyway. No. <laughs> but, uh, and then a match that I, I don't think I can watch that Flair Michaels match without getting it proper in the feels, you know, because yeah. obviously I've said so many times on on this show, my other show, 
when me and you first spoke, Mags, for, for your shows, Badlands and Why We Watch, which, incidentally, by the way, is roughly a year ago, sort of this week-ish, uh, came up on my little reminders thing, which is quite cool. Um, my two favourites of all time are, are Michaels and Flair, and it's literally a case of you couldn't put a cigarette paper between them. That's how difficult it is for me to decide. And it depends on which day you ask me as to which one I say is one and which one is two. Um, so this match is one of my personal favorites and something I absolutely love. The whole storyline was fantastic. And I know Magsy, you're a big fan of it as well. You, you've yeah. mentioned it before. That is one of your personal favorites, but that Saturday night main event um, show the options there, the matches there just, Oh, this could be one of the most difficult polls we've ever had. Max. Don't do as dirty wrestling Twitter. With great power comes great responsibility. So use those picks wisely. Think long and hard about what you want to do mm-hmm. this week. The options once again are Saturday night's main event 24. I think it was Max, wasn't it? It was, yes. Yeah, um, which aired on the 25th of November 1989. It's an hour-long show with a few shorter matches on that is full of star power. The likes of Hogan, Warrior, The Rockers, Arn and Tully. A fantastic option there. Or WrestleMania 24, Ric Flair, Shawn Michaels, I'm Sorry I Love You, The Superkick Moment, etc., etc. Those are your two options this week. Have a real long, hard think about where you want to go. Because I think both of these options are fantastic. And I'm not going to lie, Max. I'd be happy with either. Yeah, same. Okay. You Ar- find... Ironic that they're both number 24 as well. Oh, yeah. Huh. I like little things like that. It mm-hmm. makes me happy. <laughs> um, as always, you can find the poll uh, somewhere between an hour to a day after this episode drops on our Twitter, which is at chain underscore wrestling. You can find us on Facebook as well. Uh, search at chain underscore wrestling there but the poll is on twitter and that's where the main interactions um normally happen so yeah please have a look out for the poll retweet it away vote away but have a little think about it because i think this is two fantastic storming options saturday night's main event uh 24 from the 25th of november 1989 or rick flair versus Shawn michaels wrestlemania 24 uh magsy whereabouts can people find you you can find me on Twitter at PodfatherMags. Um, I'll be uh, hopefully influencing your votes to pick for Saturday night's main event um, on there. But uh, you can also find my uh, content all over uh, social media, whether it's uh, football, UFC, wrestling, or, or any old rubbish. Uh, I'm usually on someone's podcast, so yeah, come and check me out. Had a had a mammoth uh, task this afternoon, I believe, wasn't it? Watching, was it four football matches in one go? Um, ten, sir. Ten. ten. We, watched, we watched all ten matches. Why? And that's the kind of excellent coverage you get from Radio Techers. I love the show; it's great. Yeah, thank you very much. It was it was a it was a hard task, but we quickly got into it, and it ended up being absolutely amazing. Ah, great stuff, great stuff. Um, you can find me on Twitter at SJP Words, and again, the show you can find at Chain underscore Wrestling. Get involved there, and as we mentioned at the start of the record today, please bear with us whilst Mags and I try and 
shuffle things around with regards to my new job and the time frame for recording and putting the certain tweets out with the poll and the topics and so on. Um, keep your eyes out on the show's social medias for that. Bear with us. I'm sure we will resolve it and get into a routine very, very quickly. Um, yeah, again, the show is at chain underscore wrestling. Chuck it a follow. Get involved. Uh, I'm off now to make a pot noodle sarnie and see what happens at the end of Titanic because I did doze off. I sure hope they escape okay. Magsy, I will speak to you next week, my friend. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Oh, dear, dear, dear.